Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. We're back. Oh, hi. So, uh, Charity and I happened to preview the last episode like we do every single episode. We did. There's some weird noises here and there. <laughs> Don't know what they are. Just listen. Little bangs and bumps and... Yep. There's some things. You can... Like the building shaking. <laughs> He's so freaked out, guys. Yeah. Well, people who saw the video... I did a walkthrough on the Case Watch Crime Creeps group. If you're not following it, I don't know what's wrong with you. I I, each and every week. Listen, Mark, you know for a fact that I'm going to be following it very soon. Yeah, Charity's getting Facebook people. I am just only to follow crime creeps. See, she's a good egg. I am. I want to see what's going on and I want to comment too. So if you want to follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Case Watch Podcast. And we do have a private Facebook group. It's called Case Watch Crime Creeps. We just, you know, keep the riffraff out. We post some cool stuff. I did a walkthrough of this entire building on there, and you guys get to see where we are. And you let me know if you see these orbs, supposedly. We took a break, and then Charity just went and walked around with a camera. I'm like, what the heck are you doing? She's like, I'm uh, hunting for ghosts. I wanted to see if I could document some orbs. I'm taking a picture in that front room down there, the one that's always hazy. Yes. I have to get one before I leave in there. The funny thing is she doesn't say ghost. She's like, ah, I was looking for ghostesses. Ghostesses. I'm like, you're a goon. It makes them cute. Okay, yeah, cute. I'm going to show you the basement after. And let's lock oh, it down I can't there. wait. Are you, can I really? You can That's the one like place the I haven't looked yet. <gasps> I haven't shown you the basement? No. It's awesome down there. I'm going to take some pictures down there too, guys. I'll post them if I see any orbs. Oh, you're such a weirdo. I am? Hey. Okay, you know what? <laughs> you're correct. But in, in my defense, you're a weirdo too. <laughs> so I, I am very weird. Yes. I have been waiting patiently for the end of this case. So, But first, what do you have for us this week? I have some weird history. I actually love the weird history. I do too. I'm just going to like jump right on in it because I just love it. Go for it. If you were a couple in medieval Germany, you would solve any arguments in an interesting manner. Now I'm curious. You would head to the ring for a good old fashioned duel. Are you serious? <laughs> Dead serious. I'm like trying to drink a, a sip of my hot cocoa. Hold on. Listen. And I'm trying not to laugh. A husband and wife would fight it out to see who was correct. There were, of course, some strange stipulations to even the playing field. Oh, boy. For example, the man could be made to stand in a hole with one hand tied on his back. <laughs> the woman would circle her lover, wielding a bag of rocks. <laughs> I got a mental picture. Imagine if this was still done today. Like, can you imagine? It's like, who ate the last cookie? To the ring. <laughs> I love this. This is. We should bring this back. This would be like a modern day American Mark, gladiator. We'll put this on TV. Mark, so remember when we did that live? Yes. And you were really upset that Kristen ate all of the Twizzlers? That happens a lot. So. Okay. You guys could have gone to the ring for that. 
Oh, she'd mess me up. I wouldn't be. Yeah, she would. I'd arm her with her bag of (laughs) rocks and she could just swing it around like this, Mark. Look. Yeah. I'm looking around (laughs) and you'd have to dodge out of the way. This doesn't sound like fun to me. I want to watch though. I do too. There was a picture. There was a picture. I always like when there's pictures drawn. That's awesome. I thought that one was really like, I'm like, wow, talk about violence. I love the old timey line drawings that you used to see in the old textbooks too. Those are the best. Totally the best. In the 17th and 18th centuries, scientists believe you were already formed before you were conceived. We have all heard people say that the male sperm is what decides the sex of the baby, right, Mark? Yes. You've heard that, right? I have. So if a guy is really wanting a boy, but gets like six girls, it's his own fault or his sperm's fault, I guess. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Well, way back then, scientists firmly believed that the male sperm was actually a teeny tiny person. And we're supposed to believe science, guys. <laughs> guys, there were pictures of this as well. In fact, that tiny person <laughs> was exactly what you would look like even before the woman's egg was fertilized. The man was so powerful. It's almost like the woman's body wasn't needed for anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, except housing the baby, growing the baby, birthing the baby, feeding the baby. Nope. The man simply shot the <laughs> minuscule person already formed into the woman. All right. I have to. I'm having a mental. My eyes are closed. <laughs> Did you look it up? Picture. No. But I'm going to see if anybody else remembers this. This is something that I haven't thought of forever. And I'm trying to remember the name of the movie and it's escaping me. But, oh, I think it's like we're having a baby or something like that. Yes. And yes. No, no, no. It's not that one. Oh, it was in the 90s. Oh, and, I don't know. And they, the beginning opening scene of this was swim swimming. No, that's uh look who's talking. There we go. Yes. That's what it was. That was it. I was trying Guys, to remember what it was. Charity for the win. Charity for the win. Yes. That's exactly the opening scenes, but, and that's what I'm picturing now with all these little guys like I can run faster than you. It literally, if you look it up, it shows a, sh- a sperm shape, but it has a full person in it. So it's like a person that you could not con- like, you couldn't detect it by eye. You'd need a severe, like close up. But it was a fully farm. It'd be a little mini mark. So think of it's you now with your beard. Slightly annoying. Just exactly who you are now. But you're just a little sperm. I don't think I like this. (laughs) It's interesting. That's for sure. (laughs) Interesting is the word of the day. That's for sure. Sure. Oh, Mark. All right. So when I read this, I want, I pick, I just, I don't know. When I was writing this, I was picturing you. (laughs) That's scary. So, in, no, no, I don't know. <laughs> in medieval times, men's fashion was very important. There was more than one trend that would prove you were an extremely wealthy male. During the late 14th century, the more revealing, the better. Oh, ew. Wealthy men were known to walk around in seductive, tight tunics that were very short. <laughs> I can't don't, even. I can't. Don't worry, guys. They made sure to have a pair of tight tights underneath. All right, now I'm picturing Mark. Yeah. <laughs> with a really, really short tunic just below his bum. That's it. And I believe they wore, like their chests were open as well. So they were super tight with their chests open and they were in their tights. You got a I, I'm picturing Jack Black. Oh, even better. <laughs> yes. That's what's in my oh, head. I love that. Sometimes there was a padded pouch attached to the front of their pants. Sometimes I thought it was always attached. This pouch was called the cod piece and was of course used to make sure the rich man's junks 
were much bigger than they were. Yeah, oh <laughs> Make my sure God. they looked much bigger than they were. <laughs> Another fashion trend. This one made me laugh out loud because I got a mental picture. So another fashion trend was to show, to show the status of how rich you were was long shoes. The longer the shoe point, the more wealth status and status you had. If you could see the head shake I'm doing through this microphone. Yeah. What is wrong with okay. us as a society? So I then? picture like how hilarious must it have been to watch these rich men try to walk around with these wicked pointy long, long shoes. Oh yeah. Knowing myself, if I had to wear them, I'd be tripping and falling everywhere. There's no way I could walk in those. You wouldn't be able to put your Crocs in four wheel drive charity. <laughs> that would be upsetting guys. I'm going to get charity uh, croc nuts. For, for I want case walk, watch crocs. Oh, or what the, the little gibbets that you put in them. Can we get those made? I wonder. I don't know. Maybe I, I'm going to look into that. I think I deserve them. I, you, you are entitled them if you want. I think so. So that's what I have for my weird history. I thought that was pretty fabulous. All right. So I have a half triple D. A half triple D? Okay. It started off as a full triple D and then I realized it was a satire piece, but it was so funny that I just kind of need to, I don't need to say the names or any of that stuff. You just need to unload it. You just need to get it out. Okay. It was in my head and I was all excited. I love that Mark is excited for triple Ds. Oh, I'm going to start looking these things up now. I'm enjoying, I'm on charity's trend now. It's fun. So this was just going to be a half one. I'm not going to use any names or any of that stuff, but it was just came across. And since I searched weird crap like that, it had a guy that was me pretending he was Ed Sheeran and he was going around to uh, churches saying he was down on his luck and he would come sing for donations. Was there a picture? There was. <laughs> you need to go search this online. Did the guy look like him? <laughs> he looked like his cracked out nephew's <laughs> uncle's brother. Oh, no. That's what he... Actually, I'll post it. Hold on a second. I'll I'm post look it, it up right Friday. What would I put into the out. Google machine? Just put fake Ed Sheeran. Okay. <laughs> I'm you, pretty sure it will come up. You keep reading on and basically I was all excited. I was writing this whole thing up and it was like, we didn't really think it was him, but you know, he sung good and all this other stuff. And I was like, this is fabulous. And then I got to the end. It was like, if you made it all the way through and fell for this, <laughs> congratulations. And I was like, oh man, this would have been the best triple D ever. I'm so upset that it wasn't really him. Charity just found him on the I'm internet. like, okay, guys, no, no. That could be him in a weird world. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> she is like taking this all in no. right now. No. He would go supposedly and sing at these churches. This you got to remember, it was a satire piece. It was like an onion thing and I fell for it, but I was loving it while I was doing it. That's funny. Imagine if that really happened. Oh, I was hoping it did. Oh my God. We need some funny stuff in this world, guys. Oh my God. I love me some Ed Sheeran too. Oh, I love Ed Sheeran. I think he's got an awesome voice. Oh, it's just like total guy that would have been what was classically considered like, oh, he's a nerd. Yep. And he's just the coolest dude in the world. Yep, he really is. I agree. So that was my half triple D. So that's oh, I like to come that. up with another word. I for wish that. that had been real. <laughs> oh man. Know yeah. what? Mark, now that you have opened yourself to the world of triple D, they're gonna I've been come to you. Exposed to triple D. They're gonna come to you. Now that your Google machine has seen some of this, it's gonna come to you. Just trust me. Just just That's what she said. Leave. He always looks for places to say that. I do. That's my life goal. <laughs> he does it all the time, guys. All right. With that being said, we left off at uh, what I would consider an upcoming interesting point in this case. So let's carry on, Charity. Yes. 
So when we left off, Bobby Joe had just gotten off the phone with her mother as Lisa pulled up to her house. Bobby Joe tended to her guest, opening the door and welcoming her in. I don't know if maybe she didn't recognize that Darlene was really Lisa or not, because remember... That she, was my question. Well, it was my question too, and I, and I couldn't find anything on it, but here's my thought, right? She only met Lisa that one time. Oh. And when she met Lisa, yes, she had a pregnant stomach, but... Now this Lisa didn't. Yeah. That okay. makes a point. So now, now it makes more right? sense. Right? Because I'm thinking, how did she not know? Well, these women corresponded back and forth. I read more into it like they were intimately yeah. known to each Which other they don't. in person. They okay. only met that one time. So that's what I think. She probably just didn't even like put two and two together. Okay. You know, it, it, this is now at her own home. I don't know. You know how it's like seeing a teacher at the grocery store <laughs> when you're I in school. Remember that right? happened to me one time. And you're like, at first you're like, what? And he was in a t-shirt and jeans. Right. And it was like, like a normal guy. Smacking my dad. I'm like. He didn't have a tie on. Yeah. You like freaked you out, right? I was like, yeah, wow. And now you go to school and they're like wearing leggings and like tank tops and so shirts and stuff. I'm like, what's going on here? What's funny is I do that when I ever see, I see a client when I'm out and I'm like at the grocery store or something. <laughs> I like literally sneak up on them sometimes. And they don't even know and you. They're like, I'll go, hey lady or hey whoever. And they look and they kind of like, <gasps> They get a little like freaked out because they've only ever seen me in the salon. And then oh when they god. see me and they're like, oh my God, so weird not seeing you in the salon. I go, I know I don't have my smock on. <laughs> I'm going to throw charity under the bus here because she knows I love her. Oh no. I love when there's two charities. <laughs> there's charity when we're just recording with no cameras that shows up in my house in sweatpants, ripped shirts and like hair and a ponytail. <laughs> And then there's Charity who comes up like she's going to the ball if there's a, if there's the chance that a camera's gonna be on. That's not nice, Mark. Makeup's all done. You know what? Hair's all done up pretty. You I'm know like, what, Mark? I talked to Kristen about this, and she said that you should not make fun of me for that because that's just being a normal person. Why to look I their best? I find it funny, and you know, I put zero point zero effort into any of them at any point. Yeah, but I you have like a beard way. and stuff that you can cover your face with. I don't even have a hat on today. I am like primed and ready for Mark. You've too. seen me without my makeup. It's freaking scary. It is. That's not true. Charity is a beautiful woman, guys. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the case. I just found that funny because you're right. I remember the first time I saw a teacher at a school, it was right. so out of place. So out of place. So I can see where this is thrown off. Right. Lisa waited until the pregnant woman was on her knees, putting one of the puppies in their crates with her back to her. Now, remember, Darlene, not Lisa, was coming over because she was going to possibly right, purchase one of the puppy, puppies. Yeah. So she must have taken the puppy out, showed her the puppy. They probably talked about how cute the poppy was, and then she bent down to put the puppy into the crate. All right. So knowing where this is going, what's in my head is how much forethought and preparation went We're get into, into this. this whole thing. Like, this is sad. Yeah. And this is once we get into the, the legal stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, see, this, this yeah. woman worked on this for a while. Yeah. It's sad. It's very, very sad. And the whole time, knowing she was probably going to do what she's going to do. Yeah. Oh, it makes me sick. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She took the piece of clothesline she brought with her, quickly wrapped it around Bobby's neck, and strangled her until she was unconscious. What a scumbag. (sighs) Lisa then cut into Bobby's stomach to deliver the baby. Get this, Mark. She had researched how to perform a C-section beforehand. Oh, here we go. Like I was just saying, she has worked on this. This is so sickening. Poor Bobby woke up while being cut. Oh, my God. And tried to stop this monster from taking her baby She grabbed at the knife and managed to pull a clump of hair out of Lisa's head before being strangled to death. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. She tried. She woke up in a panic knowing she was being attacked and her stomach was... Imagine waking up to that. And this is your baby that you've... Oh, I don't... It's so sad. She then continued with a procedure and was able to pull the baby out, clamp the umbilical cord, and then use baby wipes to clean her. So she even brought baby wipes, guys. Wow. Knowing she was going to need to clean a newborn off because when they come out... They're not clean. I hate this person. She then called her husband, Kevin, and told him that she had been Christmas shopping in Topeka, went into labor, and delivered the baby at a birthing center. She asked him to come and pick her up at a fast food restaurant. Is he dumb? Well, we'll be talking about that as well, but Kevin later said that he didn't find this to be strange because he knew his wife didn't like hospitals. Yeah, but they're not going to just... Yeah, okay. All right, all right. (laughs) I just got to remember, stupid people. Remember, Kevin thought she was pregnant this whole time. He grabbed his two stepchildren, Lisa's two, two children that were living with them, and drove to the Long John Silvers, where Lisa was waiting for him in her car. So she was in a Long John Silvers parking lot, guys. Wow. With a baby. Still not thinking any of this was strange, he helped load his wife and their quote-unquote new baby girl back to their home. Bobby's mother became concerned when her daughter didn't pick her up from work like they had planned. Oh, my God. She couldn't reach her on the phone, so went to the house to make sure everything was okay. When she walked into the house, she saw her daughter's body lying in a pool of blood. Oh, my God. She called 911 frantically, telling the operator that Bobby's stomach had exploded. Did you imagine walking in and seeing that? Mother... When EMTs arrived, she was pronounced dead, and it was realized her baby had been taken. So, when her mother looked at it, it was oh. she was in such. I think she didn't know. Oh my god! Did something ha- like? Did she fall? Like, think of the processing. Nobody's got to think that's what's going to happen. Exactly, like that a baby was cut out yeah. of her stomach. So in her mind, she was probably like, "Oh my god! Get here quick! My daughter and my unborn child." You know, without realizing. Yeah. Because you're not going to go over to the body and inspect it like that. You know. That is wow. 
So an Amber Alert was put into place. The baby was probably needed medical attention was what they were thinking. Absolutely. So this is interesting. This was the first time an Amber Alert had ever been done for a fetus. And authorities had to push to make this happen by explaining the importance of finding this newborn. So never before, because I mean, this is kind of an extenuating Uncharted territories. Exactly. But they needed to find this baby because they're thinking, what if she just pulled her out? Like they didn't know yeah. if she, that she researched how to clamp the umbilical cord and all that stuff. This is crazy. She had no idea. So they needed to make this a major priority. The next day, the two excited parents had breakfast at the Whistle Stop Cafe. They had their baby daughter, Abigail, as they named her. Oh boy. Dressed in pink and were happy to show her off. I hate this lady. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, police were getting tips from all over the place. Thank God, people jumped to action. This is where I use. This is where seeing something, saying something comes yep. because this is how this baby was found. A woman from Ratter Chatter, remember that little chat yep, room? I do. Called and told them about a woman named Darlene Fisher who had made plans to go look at one of Bobby Joe's puppies. So that was great, but investigators couldn't find anyone that existed with this name. Another call came in from a woman in Georgia explaining that a woman she knew had brought home an infant and those around her didn't believe she was pregnant and didn't believe the baby was hers. Hmm. So I guess it was known in the community that she was a little off. Yeah. You know, so the woman gave the tip line Lisa's name. So while the couple was at breakfast showing off their baby, investigators were already watching the house. The happy new parents returned home with full bellies. Isn't that nice? Like nothing happened. Scumbag. Yeah. The investigators casing the Montgomery's home got word that the last email sent to Bobby Joe came from the couple's email address or their computer IP or whatever yep. that is. Um, they pulled into the driveway quickly, not knowing anything was wrong. Kevin let the investigators inside. So Kevin was like, oh, you know, something must have gone. She probably thought something must have gone on in the neighborhood. He's literally thinking nothing of this, Mark. I'm sorry, but life said this line before. You were either stupid or you're a liar. And it's one of those two. I don't think he's a liar. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Greeted by a bunch of rat terriers, Randy Strong, one of the investigators, noticed the Amber Alert for the missing baby was on the family's TV. Randy then noticed Lisa sitting on the couch with an infant that seemed unusually quiet. This concerned the former paramedic. So Randy Strong was a former paramedic. He knew a baby that was just born should not be that silent. Oh, yeah. And how eerie is it that they were all in the same room and on the TV. Was that Amber Alert? Was that Amber Alert? That is just so eerie. There's a lot of coincidences oh. going on. Another interesting thing that he observed was how round the baby's head was. If it had been a vaginal birth, the head would be still... Cone head. Yep, like a cone. Yeah. Randy knew he needed to approach the situation in a very specific manner when asking questions. So he and another investigator used the good cop, bad cop method of asking questions. Holding Lisa's hand. So he, he kind of was holding her hand, Mark, rubbing the back of it. The investigators, while holding the hand, noticed blood and dried tissue under her nails. Oh, wow. Right? So if, oh, God, I don't even want to think about it. That's so gross. At first, Lisa stayed with the story of going into labor while Christmas shopping, then giving birth at a Topeka birthing center. Her story started to change when she was separated from her husband. Instead of a birthing center, she told them she gave birth at home. Two of her friends were there to help. Lastly, the story changed, and she c- claimed she had the baby alone. They were I did not realize that you know this stuff is easily debunked. 
I mean, I think at this point she knew she got caught red-handed. What a scumbag. You know? I hate her. There were five investigators at the Montgomery home that day. Nodaway County MO, Sheriff Randy Strong, Detective Don Fritz, FBI Special Agents Mike Miller and Scott Gentine, and Topeka Police Officer Tom Glore. Needless to say, with all of the changing stories, blood under the nails, and the size of the baby only being 5 pounds, 11 ounces, Lisa was arrested. How far along was? Eight months. So the baby was a full month early. Sad, man. This was December 17th, 2004. Even though the sweet little angel was taken from her mother's womb a full month early and not having proper nutrition, Lisa made attempts to breastfeed the infant, but clearly that didn't work. Right? She literally... Tried to feed the baby. Does she with- not know how this works? No, she does. I think she was just trying to make it real. The baby, Mark, was in good health. Thank, Thank God. God. DNA results proved that she was Zeb and Bobby Joe's baby. The family named the little girl Victoria Joe. Her birthday will be a reminder for a lifetime of the horror that happened to her mother. So sad. So, sh- I, oh. It's bad enough when you hear stories of a mother passing away while giving birth. Yeah. You know, because of medical reasons, but to being murdered because your baby's ripped from your womb. Yes. I, I, I just makes me shake my head. I just can't. I, can't, I couldn't imagine it. We're going to get into the whole trial stuff. Lisa's trial, before the trial even started, actually, in October of 2007, a neuropsychologist testified at a pretrial hearing. He testified that head injuries that Lisa suffered, you know, when her stepfather was raping her, could have damaged the part of her brain that controlled aggression. I have some issues with this because none of my research revealed acute aggression. So like what I mean by that is there were no stories of her before, like when she was younger, like attacking one of her children or attacking like, you know, a pedestrian or having road rage. Like there was none of these stories. And if she suffered from this, it would would be more than just this one. Right. That's what I would think. And, and, if that were the case, they would have examples of this. There was a ton of planning that went into this. So therefore, that it just things don't sit right with me with her. Yep. This, to me, was a meticulously thought out crime. She even researched how to perform a C-section. Yeah, see, this is what I'm talking she about. She didn't just drive all the way to Bobby Joe's home and just freak out. She planned in advance. So what you just said, she planned in advance. How is that? aggression that just comes on like you planned to do what you did you drove there all that way with the materials in your car how much before did she meet this person quite a ways so this is what i'm saying like she put this in motion she made up a fake name a fake person before yeah these aren't little microaggressions or things that are you know yeah this this is just bad people so this next part is not going to shock you lisa pleaded not guilty for reason of insanity of course she did. And the trial began. Her defense lawyer was Fred Duchart. Uh, wait a minute. I got to stop you. <laughs> I think that's how it's pronounced. So, hi, I'm Fred Duchart from Skidmore. From Skidmore. <laughs> Are you serious? By the way, I'm still waiting for my anchor person name. <laughs> oh, I haven't got mine either. I know. Come on, guys. It's letting us down. I know. <laughs> Fred. All right. So let me know what Fred Duchart from Skidmore has to say. Okay. He would go to great lengths trying to prove that she was extremely mentally ill due to the horrible abuse and sexual abuse she endured for the first 17 years of her life and continued with her first husband. I I agree. That was absolutely horrific. Doesn't mean you're entitled to cut a baby out of another woman's belly. Right. Fred said all of this had killed Lisa's soul. 
prosecutors, of course, painted a different picture. They said that the woman was not mentally ill, but faking it. They spoke of how many people are survivors of abuse and sexual abuse, but they don't turn into killers. Mark, you have talked about this so many times. Yeah, it's one of my main things that drive me nuts. Yep. All right, this name is really hard. <laughs> That's what she said. It is, again, guys, Vilayanar Ramashad Dran. He was a psychotherapist guy. Okay. He told the jury that he thought Lisa suffered from pseudosciasis. I think she suffers from douchebagism. I do too. That we should oh my God, that should be a shirt. Do, we douchebagism? Should, we should have and a, definition. a medicine bottle. Yes. With the names Crime Creep. Yes. And below it, you know, this is your anti-douchebagism pills or something like that. Guys, help us out with yeah. that. Send us, I, I, it's, it's hitting. Send us some ideas, guys. I have something to tell you at the end. Remind me, though. Okay. This was the same neuropsychologist that testified at pretrial that Lisa's head injuries could have caused the uncontrolled aggression. Anyway, pseudosciasis is a condition where a woman thinks she is truly pregnant and can even show signs of pregnancy, such as enlarged breasts and protruding stomach, morning sickness, and even food cravings. Ramachandran went on to say that Lisa told him she didn't remember killing the young mother or cutting the baby out of her womb. Of course she said that. How does she not? She does. I, I hate when people think we're She stupid. doesn't remember. She wiped the body down. She clamped the umbilical cord. It was it was it was completely meticulous. She went there one hundred percent with the intentions to do what she did. Yep. He testified that she was in a dissociative state and mental fog at the exact time of the murder. Isn't that convenient? It sure is convenient. So this is why I get mad, Charity, because you have people out there who are actually suffering from mental illness. And then you have people who make stuff up like this person is clearly doing to some extent. And they take away and make a mockery of the mental health system and its importance in criminal justice. And this is why I get so mad at cases like this one. Right. I I do think she had some mental stuff going on. Absolutely. But, but I she's do stretching think, it. Exactly. She's using it, trying to use it to her advantage. Correct. Because she knew she got caught. But the whole, like, okay, at the time of the murder, you're in a mental fog. But then all of a sudden she snaps out of it. You didn't have a mental fog when you brought a cut clothesline. Well, you didn't have I'm, a mental fog when you brought uh, baby wipes to clean, clean them the up. Baby up. A knife. You didn't have a mental fog with all of this. You didn't have a mental fog when you're sitting in the Long John Silver's parking lot coming up with an excuse to give your husband to come pick you up. It was, I think she already had all the, everything already thought out before she even did it. I don't mean to get so like preachy about it, but no. what do you think we are dumb? In my opinion, I believe she knew exactly what she was doing. Oh, 100%. This was planned out. This is no different than going out with a, you know, a murder one conviction. Mm -hmm. This was completely planned beforehand. I agree. She knew she wasn't pregnant and she knew she needed a baby. It oh, was, yeah. We didn't yep. even do that part of it. Yep. This was, yeah, that's right. Because this is to cover a lie. I That part went right over my head. Yep. Unbelievable. It, it was said that Lisa also had post-traumatic stress. She was bipolar and suffered very bad depression. Again, Many people suffer from these conditions. Yes. Very few become murderers. The prosecution played the horrific 911 call oh by God. Lisa's mother when she discovered her daughter's mutilated body. Imagine that poor woman. No. Put yourself in her shoes for a minute. No. Lisa's husband, Kevin, was called to testify and was asked about her two other fake pregnancies she had. 
Listen to this. The first time she got fake pregnant with Kevin's fake baby, she told him she was going to New Mexico to have an abortion. I guess he didn't question any of this. He didn't want to know why she wanted an abortion or why she had to go to New Mexico to have the procedure. Any normal, any normal person would, right? I mean, what? Why are you going stupid to New Mexico? Stupid or liar, stupid or liar. The second time she became fake pregnant. I love the way you, you the second time she became fake pregnant. Well, because she can't get pregnant. Yeah. Kevin said she told him there was something wrong with the baby and she had to donate its body to science. Again, no questioning this. I don't get this guy. Kevin said that a family member did inform him that Lisa couldn't have any children because she had a tubal ligation. He explained to the jury that he didn't understand what that meant. Wow. Let that sink in for a minute. He testified that he had nothing to do with the murder and said he was still married to his wife, wearing his wedding ring in the courtroom to show support. (laughs) Oh, my God. So here's where things are going to make a little bit more sense about Kevin. Kevin's previous wife, Lori Caldwell, was called to testify. She told the court she didn't believe Lisa was pregnant in the first place. She also testified that Kevin had poor social skills and was easily manipulated. This makes a little more sense now. It sounds like Kevin might have been very gullible and just believed whatever Lisa told him. Who knows? He could he could have like an Asperger's yeah. or something social. I don't want to make fun of him. It, no. It's just, I would like to think that people would be able to tell if the person you're spending every day with and sleeping in bed next to, and I'm assuming see naked, right. would be able to tell that you're pregnant or not. You would think. You would think. I don't know. I really don't know. Lisa was found guilty and four years later sentenced to death. Lisa's legal team tried their best going against the Department of Justice to get the death penalty off the table, bringing up her mental health and past abuse. Lisa had many supporters pleading for the same thing. They all thought her abuses should have been factored in during her sentences. This case started a conversation over the role of past trauma in criminal sentencing. Lisa was the only woman on federal death row. This was argued as well. Lisa spent 12 years at the Carswell Federal Medical Center in Fort Worth. Okay, at least they had her in a, a mental institution yeah. type facility. Now, this is where I also have a problem because I try not to like get on my high horse and be preachy and all that stuff. At some point, even if stuff have happened to you in your childhood and you know they made you who you are, that doesn't just give you a blank check to just decide I'm going to off this person or I'm going to do that because I had a bad childhood. And this is where I get so mad. I have another case coming up very soon where it's this situation is kind of similar. And well, I don't want to say too much about it, but you're right. Like it doesn't give you, it doesn't give you the right to to do whatever you want. Well, exactly. I I, it's so PO'd at this. I agree. It's, it's not right. And to, to, Something that was so researched. That's the part I can't get past. Yeah. It was so researched. It was thought out. I mean, thought out over months. You know what I mean? It wasn't she just something. She pretended she was this person's friend. That makes me so sad. I know. I know. For a long time. I know. Unbelievable. Okay. So anyways, so she was there in Texas at that medical center for 12 years. Her legal team still fighting to get her off death row. October 16th, 2021, Lisa found out she was scheduled to die December 8th, 2021 by lethal injection. So at least they're doing it in the most humane way. I mean, it's not like it's an electric chair or I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I don't really have thoughts on that. I don't. Really no, I don't either. I don't I, like this lady. So I know. I know. I just think we should maybe pretend that she's fake pregnant again, and somebody I, could take care of it the way cut they cut the baby out. Her. Eye yeah. for an eye. I mean, that's just how I feel. But my opinion. In your opinion, her new attorney, because the other attorneys weren't working for her said that out of the 16 other cases in the U.S. where women have attacked other pregnant women from 1987 to 2015, she was the only one on death row, so she shouldn't be. Okay, what does that matter? I don't know. I guess 14 of those women are serving life sentences and two of them committed suicide while in jail. So they weren't getting, you know, the death penalty, so she should Two of them gave themselves the death penalty. That's true. That's true. I'm all down if she wants to give herself the death penalty. I'm down for that. Yep. Her execution date was pushed to January 12th, 2021 to bide some time. When there was an actual execution date, Lisa was put on suicide watch, although she hadn't tried to kill herself since 2012. Can That's I ask that, that? Yeah. Okay. So you're going to ask the same thing as me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, why would... Uh, really? I don't... Yeah. I don't know. No, you cannot die before this date. You must die at the hands of us. Right. That's like saying we want you to get fat, but you can't eat at McDonald's. Yeah, I don't like, know. Hello? I don't know why. I don't know. Right. I don't know. It makes no sense. To I me. think because when you're. They want it done by the system. But I not only that, when you're in the jail system, it's the jail's responsibility to quote unquote, try to keep you safe. I and healthy. It. it just, it caught me off guard when you just said me that. Me too. I was, well, like, I was, was going to ask the same thing. Oh, that's funny. But because she was on suicide watch, she spent her time in solitary 24 seven. She was giving given one piece of paper in a crayon to help occupy her mind. <laughs> so she's suffering guys. Let's just say that she was scheduled to be moved to the penitentiary of Terre Haute, Indiana. Terre Haute. Terre Haute. Is that yep. what it is? Okay. Sorry. Indiana. This is where she was scheduled to be injected. Unfortunately for her, the attorneys working to get her off death row came down with COVID <laughs> and were unable to file petition. Oh, too sad. January 13th. 2021 at 1.31 a.m., 52-year-old Lisa Montgomery was executed by lethal injection. Wah, wah, wah. I don't feel bad. This was seven hours later than she was originally scheduled to be put to death. That must have been a long seven hours. Yeah, that stinks. But hey, be a douchebag, die a douchebag. That's all I got to say. Don't cut babies out of people. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Especially when you could adopt one. Exactly. This is what I don't understand. <sighs> I don't know. I think I think she realized that she was going to possibly lose her two children, lose custody of them because her husband was the date was already scheduled to take her to court to prove that she was cuckoo in the head, telling everyone that she was pregnant when she couldn't get pregnant and she was probably just thinking, "Oh my god, it's getting close. I need this. I need a baby." I have no good feelings or will towards her. No, I, I agree. I, I don't agree. care. Do I feel horrible about what happened to her as a young person? I do, absolutely. Me too. Not that No one should go through that. But I can separate them. Right. Let's talk about Bobby Joe Stinnett because she's the one who do. lost her life. I always like to end these things with the actual victim. Bobby Joe was said to be super friendly and loved to lift others up. She had a positive attitude. As we know, she was a dog breeder, so clearly loved animals. I always feel like that says something about a person, Mark. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Too. Call me crazy, but I think if you're an animal lover and animals love you, that you're a good person. 
I, I agree with you 100%. But that's not to say if you don't like animals, you're a bad person. I don't want people to think that. No, if you don't like cats, you're a bad person. <laughs> I, I stick by that. <laughs> I, I am a cat lover. Aficionado. Yes. Isn't it? What, is that? what does it say in your bio? It says lover per- of Persian cats. No, Persian cat lover. <laughs> I am. They're the cutest cats ever. And anybody who ever comes over to my house that knows the podcast, like if people come over, they'll say, where's, where's the crime kitty? I'm a little upset that Flatface Media has her likeness and Case Watch doesn't have a t-shirt for her yet. I I'd know. Be, I'd be pissed if I were her. She doesn't care. No, I'm going to talk to her when I'm over next. No, she doesn't care. <laughs> oh, would you have, did you have a sit down we with had, her? We had a heart to heart. Oh, good. Okay. She's like, I don't care, dad. Yeah. All right. It's all good. <laughs> Keep feeding me friskies. <laughs> giving me the catnip treats. That's all she cares. Besides breeding dogs, Bobby Joe worked at the Kawasaki manufacturing plant. The eight months pregnant young woman was only 23 when she lost her life. That is horrible. Oh my God. Whole life ahead of her. Bobby and her husband, Zeb, were high school sweethearts. Busy planning for baby. They had hopes to move out of their tiny cottage they were renting into their very own home. So Bobby was putting the money aside that she was getting from uh, breeding the dogs towards the new home. So That's that was so kind of like a side thing for her so that they could have this home with their baby, the perfect little life. High school sweetheart, like this, all yeah. the cliches is what these two were. It's what everybody wants in life. Right. They had. Yeah, they, they had, had it. And if you, when you start looking into it before you post this up and you see the pictures of them, they were just this young, super cute couple, America's so sweethearts type, you know? Zeb has said that his world crashed to an end at the time of his wife's murder. On December 16th, 2021, the anniversary of Bobby's death and their daughter's 16th birthday, Zeb sent a message to Randy Strong, you know, the lead investigator who was on the case. Yep. The message, Mark, was a thank you note. This is what Strong told the Associated Press. I just wept. He is going to constantly be reminded of this, whether in his nightmares or somebody is going to call and want an interview with him. The family doesn't want to be interviewed. They want to be left alone. The community of Skidmore has had a troubling past in history. They didn't want this. They didn't deserve this. So Randy makes an excellent point, right? Yeah. A crime so unspeakable clearly grabs the attention of the media, et cetera. I found it. It puts a bad mark on that whole community. Yeah. But this poor family, friends and community don't need to keep reliving it over and over. Oh, no, I agree. You know, I just feel bad. I understand what people want to hear from the victim's loved ones. But when it's a constant reminder like that and you're just trying to not forget her, but to you're move trying to on, move on, it's got to be hard, right? I shouldn't over say the move on. You're trying to move forward. Move forward. Yes. You'll never move on from what yep. happened. You'll always remember it. And there's been docu-series about this. There's been, you know, all sorts of things where they've been interviewed and done anything. I yeah, think it took a been, while into, into this case until it right. clicked with I think me. they're probably just done now. Like yeah. everybody knows the story. You know, we knew what happened. Let's just, and, and, you know, she just did lose her life 2021. Yes. So now they truly can just move forward. I still don't feel bad for her. No. As we know, Bobby was due to pick her mom up at work the day she was killed. She had this to say to the New York post. I keep thinking, I wish I had gone over there earlier. She wanted that baby so bad. And now she's not even going to get a raise her. Many of Bobby Joe's childhood friends from Skidmore, Missouri have shared stories, pictures and tears over the years. Megan Morrow had this to say, I wish I could text her, ask her questions about animals, see her at a PTA meeting. Jenna Baumley said, she thinks about her lost friend every day. She goes on to say, she was shy. She was always happy. 
I don't think I ever heard her say one negative thing about one person. I know she would have been an amazing mom because she had an amazing mom. Bobby Joe was one of the sweetest people you'd ever meet. I guess the saying, bad things always happen to good people, that was one of these cases. Oh, it's horrible. So, 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 so sad. I feel bad for her, that entire family. And they had everything to look forward to. And the community. Yeah. That was a really tiny community. So everybody knew everybody. Everyone went to high school together. Everyone knew everyone's parents. They all took care of each other. This was a shocking, shocking, not that, I mean, any crime to this magnitude is shocking, but you know, in a small community like that, now you have, you have all of these investigators coming in. You have, you know, reporters coming in, you have news crews, you you name it, you have it. And it just uprooted the whole, everybody wants to hear it for themselves. Yep. So Victoria Joe Stinnett, the baby, after his daughter was given to him, after being ripped from his wife's body, December of 2004, Zeb Stinnett said, it's been emotional. Zeb was only 24 when a true monster killed his wife. He named her Victoria Joe Stinnett and calls her his miracle. Zeb has been raising his daughter with the help of family all these years. Friends and family say that Victoria reminds them so much of her mother. Her family has been able to keep her out of the spotlight and the media. I'm so happy to hear this. Me too. She is said to be thriving, living a healthy, happy life. That's so sad. Yeah. That's all I got. That was a case that is just, uh, it really tugs at your hearts, whether, you know, you, I hate these ones because you, you feel so bad for what happened to them in their childhood. Yep. But they went on to do something that was so much worse. I know. And it's just like, how do you put them on one of those scales and you weigh? It's just, it's so hard. It's so hard. And I was actually, I've been listening to a couple different um, books and stuff where they talk about this exact thing, right? Yep. Do you get more leniency if you had a tougher life? You know what I mean? Or is is the crime the crime? Is it all right, factored so let's, in? All right. Let's take crime out of this for a minute. Okay. And we just got to, things need to be done, not on a case-by-case basis. They just need to, let's, let's, let's just talk about it this way. If you grew up poor, should you pay less for a house? I know. I, you're right. You're 100% right. If you grew up poor, should you pay less for what it costs to, you know, register your car? Right. If you grew up rich, should you pay double? When I'm, you know, 50 years past there and I'm getting ready to retire, should I get more money from the government because I grew up poor? Well, where does my personal accountability come into something? I agree. Uh, That's just what I have to say. I I guess the question is, is your personal accountability factor? How is mental health factored into your personal accountability? Yeah. In the court system, right? So how, how do they, fa- the problem is, is all human, right? Yes. So it, it's so many factors. It depends on what. It's a double edged speci- sword. Right. This is why, that's why I was saying it's so yeah. hard. Like what specialists you have that diagnose you. Yeah. What, you know, it's so, so hard. And a lot of the stuff in the court system comes down to how much of a lawyer you can afford. Right. The, the one you're going to get from, you know, the federal government isn't going to be a great lawyer. Well, and sadly too, even if you don't have the money for a good lawyer, if if you are in a very uh, popular, high profile case, you can now get a real good lawyer. Yep. yep. Which that's not right either. I agree. Right? Because 
the you you might have done something, you know, way worse than somebody else who's just given a lawyer, but you get a less sentence. There's so many factors. Yeah, money makes the world go round, man. And it, it just doing these cases and the end result opens you up. It opens you yeah. up. The end results of why someone like like look at Dorothea. Oh yeah. She murdered how many people and she got out. Yeah. I'm still amazed by that one. Oh my God, right? It's just how is it so opposite is my question. It's crazy to think, but if you look back and you remember minority report, maybe they were onto something there. Maybe. This is it's scary to say, but I mean Everything, I honestly think it, everything should just be black and white. It really should. It should, but it can't. It, but it, what, see, you're going to say, I know what you're going to say. Right. But at the end of the day, you still committed the same crime. You did. But what if you are mentally ill? What if it can be proven that you're mentally ill? That's where all that crap comes in. Because yeah, I agree no, with you, right? If you could just take everything so away, hard. if you could just take everything away and just see it on paper, not even see if it's a female, male, what nationality, what color, if you could just take all that away yep. and just see the crime itself and, and hear exactly what happened, it would be so much easier, but that's. All right. So now I'm not saying, cause you, everybody who knows this podcast knows that I, I feel very strongly about mental illness and yes. I think the system's against it. Yep. I am doing, we're, we're, we're having a discussion. Yep. So I just want to make sure that's, you know, people understand that. This oh, isn't me just taking a stance, but at the same token, so say my relative was murdered. I'm supposed to feel okayer about them because the person who murdered them have a, had a mental illness. Oh, I agree with you. If if one of I my need loved to be ones, okay with that. I know. I so know. This is where I'm talking. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, but now this is a snowball effect. All right. So now that just happened to me. Right now, I'm exposed to that. Now I go kill somebody. Say, well, but my relative was murdered. Like, so it I just affected did the same me thing. mentally. Like, so now where do we draw the line? That's all I want to say. Is this it is a conversation that needs to continue. The book of time to kill. Yeah. Good point. Shot the guy right on the spot. I don't know. <laughs> Smarter people than us can't figure this oh, out. Definitely. So. I, it, well, like I said, this is what's just so interesting about doing this. So I was asked, I haven't even talked to Charity about it. I don't know if she saw the message. I don't remember if it was an email. So she, maybe she didn't. I don't think I did. One I of our crime creeps reached out and said, hey, I, I'm crafty and I like to make stuff. Oh, no, I didn't. And I would like to make some stuff with case watch stuff. On <gasps> and I was like, all right, that's cool. So look for, I don't know. I, she can identify herself in the crime creep group if she wants. I won't throw her under the bus. But uh, she may or may not have some cool case watch stuff coming up soon that's so exciting i know i love i love i love that names on it so that is so cool so look for that guy so charity that's what i wanted to let you know i was I like love tell that. me something at the end of, i want to tell you something at the end of the show and that was it so i, I can't wait to see what she comes up with she's like yeah. i can make all this kind of cool stuff that is so. so cool i'm so excited all right well maybe we'll find out and we'll see it on the next episode hey guys look for me soon in the crime creeps Oh, she's going to, are you going to post a picture and say, I'm here. I'm just going to post and say, guys, hi, it's me. I'm here. And then no one's going to believe you. They're like, charity doesn't have Facebook. No, they'll believe me. <laughs> They're going to believe me. Cause they'll know. I'm going to post underneath it. Who are you? Imposter. Don't do that. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Bye guys. See ya.